Welcome to the STEM Everyday Podcast. Each episode features educators sharing their practical ideas to put more science, technology, engineering, and math into every classroom every day. For show notes and more information, visit dailystem.com. Here's your host, Chris Woods. Well, I'm so excited that you joined us on today's episode of the STEM Everyday Podcast. Today, we get to chat with Jennifer Swanson. She is the author of 40 nonfiction STEM books for kids, uh, award-winning. You can find out more information at jenniferswansonbooks.com. And she's also the brains behind the STEAM Team 2020, which is trying to point out a whole bunch of great new STEM books coming out in the year 2020. So welcome to the show today, Jennifer. Hi, Chris. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited, not only because there are so many great new STEM books coming out, but you are are really trying to help educators find those great STEM books. Uh, And and at the same time, you're creating a a whole bunch of great ones that that educators would probably want to know about to, to start adding to their collections in their classrooms. Yeah, you know, when I go and visit schools, um, I'll talk to a lot of the teachers and, you know, unfortunately, a lot of the non um books that they have in their libraries are kind of old because, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's difficult for libraries to get budgets these days. So they're always like, where can we find new STEM books? Um, because kids are really interested in them from all ages. Um, and I've seen you know, you get the picture book group that gets together to promote all the picture books that are coming out. And those are great. But I was like, hey, we need to have a STEM promotion group. Yeah. We all band together. And it was so funny when I kind of put the call out, I was actually heading out of town. So you know how you just like throw something up on Facebook? Oh, yeah. Like, hey, is anybody interested? Yep. And we're driving in the car and my phone's like ping, ping, ping. And my husband's like, what is going on? I'm like, <laughs> all of these people are like, we want to be part of this. Yeah, and, <laughs> and that's great. Oh, it was, it was awesome. So we have like 50 members and every single one of them has a new STEM book that's coming out this year. We have from very small kid, like a, I think board books, mm-hmm. all the way up to YA books, almost any topic you can think of. And we're all excited because we're banding together to get the word out about these great books that hopefully kids and parents and teachers will love. And if people want to find all those books, they just have to go to steamteambooks.com. And, and if I had to guess, uh, I'm, I'm guessing there's Steam Team 2020 right now, but I'm guessing there will probably be Steam Team 2021 as well. Well, yes, that is a marketing thing. So I did not buy the website to say Steam Team 2020. That's why yep. I bought it to say Steam Team Books. Um, you know, I figured if this goes over well, then we'll do it every year. And, and you know, why not? Um, let's yeah. give a shout out to all the STEM books that come out every year and make it easy for parents and teachers to find them. Exactly. Um, and, and I think a lot of, uh, especially parents are saying, you know, what kind of books could I buy for my kids or for a birthday party or, or for a gift? for a niece or a nephew or a grandkid and, and just go into steamteambooks.com would be a great spot to just find a bunch of great uh, ones that not only just focus on helping a kid to read, but also to get those kids to be thinking about STEM. Right. And, and I mean, some, a lot of them will have activities in their books. Like some of the books that I do have activities and experiments in there. So um, if your kids are bored, you hand them a book and have them do some of the activities. Yeah. Um, that's how it was when I was a kid, but you know, um, hopefully people are still doing that. Now you didn't, um, so you a didn't, lot of these are interactive. Yeah. And you didn't start out as, as an author. You were, uh, you were really a science geek 
but you were yet a writer as a kid growing up, right, Jennifer? Yeah, so um, I've been a science geek my whole life. Um, I started a science club in my garage when I was seven. Awesome. Every um, kid, every kid should do that. Yes. Um, and actually, I was so into science. Uh, my mom bought me a microscope and like a really expensive microscope back then. Mm -hmm. And she put it in, it was kept in this wooden box. And I still have it to this day because after all, microscopes are not toys. No. Nope. Right. Right. Every night you wipe it down, you put it away. Um, so I kept my love of science my whole life. Um, I was, I have a bachelor's degree in chemistry from the United States Naval Academy. That's I have awesome. a master's degree in K through eight science education. So, um, and I, and I teach uh, middle school science online for Johns Hopkins university. Um, so yeah, I don't think I could get away from science if I tried. <laughs> <laughs> and I think a lot of teachers are like that. They, you know, the science aspect is always so engaging for kids. Uh, a lot of times we often, sometimes when we're starting to think through what kind of STEM activities could I add to my classroom, immediately we do tend to gravitate towards science because the demonstrations, the experiments are, are so easy to think of. Well, yeah, but you know, one of the things that I was kind of surprised to learn was how you can take science and add it to literacy. Mm -hmm. So you can, you know, for me, I got into writing science books for kids um, because I've always kept journals, as you said, I, you know, I have all these journals. Um, but when I first decided I wanted to write, I said, oh, I'll just try a fiction picture book. They're easy. Yeah. <laughs> the way, they're not. They're okay. very difficult to write. And I was not very good at them. Mm -hmm. um, and so one of my friends says, well, you love science. Why don't you try writing science books? And I was like, you mean those boring things we had to read when we were kids? Like, I don't, I don't think so. She's like, you know, they've changed. Yeah. Um, and they have. And now I get to write about topics that I think are so cool um, in a way that, that kids hopefully think are cool. Like one of my biggest uh, selling books is Astronaut Aquanaut. Okay. How space science and sea science interact. So I take two completely different environments, like outer space and mm -hmm. deep under the ocean, and you kind of just compare and contrast them. Yeah. And kids love it. Like they think it's the coolest thing because, you know, when you're growing up, I dare you to say that you didn't want to be an astronaut because I think practically every kid at one time thinks they yes. might want to be an astronaut. Yes. Or space an oceanographer, game. you know, yeah. one of the two. Work with, work with, you know, porpoises and, and, you know, and swimming with dolphins. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So um, that's what I think the books these days are like for kids is they're, they're so fun and exciting and they take kids on a journey almost mm -hmm. to learn about the science and to experience it. If the book is written really well, you'll feel like you're there. And again, the best thing that we can do with our kids is give them a book like that that is uh, fun, exciting, entertaining, and has those, especially like those career aspects to it. Like you said, someone who works in, in the ocean or works in space. Um, and then that points them to, to learning something new. I want to learn more about that. That book just becomes that starting point, that spark that, that ignites the wildfire of, of STEM education. Exactly. And the other thing too, I will tell you as a parent, cause I, well, we've raised three kids, my husband and I, and they're all grown now. Um, don't feel like you have to know the answer to every question. Mm -hmm. And so if kids get really, kids can get really, really focused on something. I know kids that can name every single dinosaur, right? Mm -hmm. 
like and what they do and all this kind of stuff so if you get to the point where you don't know you can't answer anymore go buy them a book yeah exactly <laughs> here yeah, you go go look that up and and honestly so, like you said uh, go buy them a book jennifer sometimes it's better than just saying go google it because yes. you know you can you can google something and you don't know if that information you're getting is is completely accurate or, or how in-depth and correct it'll be um but getting a book that's been researched that's been um, backed up and um by a publisher and the, that's that's a much yeah. better aspect to start with yeah, I like to say to people, and this is true, that uh, kids' nonfiction books are some of the best research books out there because we are held to really, really high standards. Yeah. Um, we have people that go through one, two, three times and recheck all our sources. Um, and if they have questions, we have to give them three independent sources saying we're right. Uh, I'm not saying that people don't occasionally miss things in their book. Of course, stuff happens. But yeah. we do everything we can to make sure the, the information we're giving kids is true. That's awesome. So, uh, again, you can find out more about Jennifer's books at jenniferswansonbooks.com. And, of course, all the links will be in the show notes as well. Uh, you've, you've been writing books for a while now. You have over 40 nonfiction STEM books. You talked about Astronaut to Aquanaut. Tell us about some of the other books that you've written before we talk about some, some of the other uh, amazing things that you're doing, including uh, a podcast and, and a blog and stuff. So, so have, I don't know. Have you ever seen the TV show Brain Games? Yes. It was on the National Geographic channel. So mm -hmm. um, National Geographic approached me a few years ago and asked me to turn that TV show into a book. Okay. So there is a kid's book called Brain Games. It's very, it was very challenging to write because you, if you've seen the TV show, it's all interactive like this, like question yeah. and answer and do activity. Um, well, I managed to turn that into a very interactive book. So if you get that book, um, I like to say it's for kids eight to 80. There's lots of activities and you have to do them all, including standing on one foot while you're holding a book and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> that's great. Um, so that's one of my big ones. Um, I have a book that just came out in 2019 called Save the Crash Test Dummies. Save the Crash Test Dummies. Yeah, it's the history of car safety engineering. Um, wow, that sounds- it's kind of told through the angle of a crash test dummy. That sounds really, you talk about automotive and, and engineering and things like that. And a lot of kids, okay, I want to be a mechanical engineer. I want to help design cars. And, and, and you don't think of the safety aspect that is a whole other industry behind that, a whole other set of careers. Right, exactly. And so I've kind of, I, I kind of moved more to the engineering technology type of thing, uh, area for my books, even though like I was, you know, I was trained as a chemist. Because I ask lots of questions. I want to yeah. know how things work. How, how do they work? How, yeah. how do they come up with all these kinds of things? So that book, of course, you learn a little bit about Newton's laws mm -hmm. of motion, um, which you have to. But as you're doing, you know, but you're learning about it through kind of the eyes of a crash test dummy. And if yeah. you really want some fun, um, last year I was invited to speak at the Library of Congress's um, National Book Festival. Oh, that's cool. And I did a presentation for my book titled, Do You Have What It Takes to Be a Human Crash Test Dummy? <laughs> and uh, the video of that is on my website. It's also on the Library of Congress's website. But I had like a thousand people. And uh, of course, all the kids are like, oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. Yeah, me. Yeah, definitely. No I'm raising my hand. Yep. And all the parents are like, yeah, I think I'll pass on that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
however, when I got to the self-driving car, believe it or not, a lot of parents were like, oh, okay, like I'll have something drive me to school or to work. Yeah, that, yeah. That would... yeah. Um, but that's what I do with my books. I look for a really unique angle in. Um, I have a book called Super Gear, Nanotechnology and Sports Team Up, and it's all about the Olympics, basically. Yeah. So it's about how nanotechnology, which is micro, 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 small, you know, mm -hmm. like a, a nano wire is a hundred thousand times small, smaller than one strand of human hair. It makes um, cell phones, which none of us can live without, but it's yep. also used in tennis rackets, baseball backs, golf clubs, running shoes, swimsuits, all yeah. of these things that most people don't even think about. Um, so that book is all about sports. Um, and, and again, so the more about nanotechnology as Yeah, and again, the more things that we can find that help connect what kids are interested in to uh, STEM and careers and things like that, the the better we're we're doing as educators. Right, and my new book that's coming out this year is called Beastly Bionics. Beastly Bionics. All right. Yeah, it's about biomimicry. So if oh. you, it's about they're making soft using soft robotics to mimic. Um, the actions of a lot of animals. So yeah. they have made reticulated trunks that help humans reach high on shelves and whatever. Mm -hmm. um, they've made geckos that could climb up walls and all this kind of stuff out of robotics. Yeah. And um, it's for the kid who loves maker spaces and loves robots, but maybe isn't into coding. You yeah. know? So they're like, what can we do with this? Well, there's lots of things you can do with soft robotics. Um, and the majority of the stuff in that book is all cutting edge technology. Like it's not even, it's still at the prototype level. My editor was a little nervous about putting it out, but I was like, Hey, kids need to see this stuff. Even if it never comes out, right. they need to see that this is the process that the engineers and the, you know, and the scientists go through. Well, one of the, one of the things when you were talking about the biomimicry and stuff, Jennifer, I immediately thought of Boston Dynamics as a spot that robot dog and it's and in the book. And again, that that is already uh, being used on on job sites, on construction sites, and um, and just in so many different ways. Uh, so it's so it's great, Jennifer, that you've got a lot of these books that not only just you know here's the solar system. Uh, or here's the human body, you know, like 40 books of, of what we've already seen for, for years and years. But these are uh, really interesting books. And I, and I highly urge educators or parents to, to check them out. JenniferSwansonBooks.com. Yeah. Well, the, next one, the next one you'll love because one of the ones I'm, I got to visit CERN last year, which is okay. where the yep. Large Hadron Super Collider is. Yep, exactly. So there will be a book on particle physics for about eight to they're probably not eight they're probably 10 to 12 year olds in another year or two particle and, physics uh, for 10 to 12 year olds sounds yeah. great <laughs> it was an amazing experience there yeah. i'm talking to the particle physicist and he's like wait you're gonna describe this to a 10 year old and i go oh yeah i'll figure out how to do it but that's what but that's what educators do every day try to make yes, the complex exactly. uh simple and and that's exactly what you're doing with your books and it's it's awesome jennifer uh, a couple things i want to i want to give you some some opportunity to promo and and push here a little bit you're a speaker you do go and and speak i assume literacy conferences but you probably bring this this sam and, and science connection 
Yeah, so I've spoken at a lot of book festivals across the country. Mm -hmm. um, National Book Festival is the biggest and most prestigious. That was an honor to be invited. But Tucson Book Festival, I've, I've done those. Um, usually my, my presentations are very interactive. So like, you're not going to get me saying this is how I wrote my book, which is fine for other people, but that doesn't yeah. work for me. Yep. Um, you know, my astronaut aquanaut presentation is, which would you rather be? Yeah. or an aquanaut and that's Kevin. what we do um so i've done that i've spoken at the national science teaching association several times i've also presented at the world science festival in new york city um last year i was um we were it was really cool we were outside in the brooklyn bridge park at night and so mm -hmm. i was kind of one of the lead-ups to the big uh eric whitaker who's a conductor and composer who was the big you know feature person yep um, I've spoken at the, presented at the Atlanta Science Festival. Um, I kind of go all over and, and do different things. I'm, my goal is just to get everyone of all ages excited about science and technology. Yeah, that's awesome. And again, we want to do that in our classrooms every day. And, and again, that's, that's where uh, uh, educators who can, who can find your books and, and find some of those resources. Uh, and, and I will mention on, on Jennifer's website, she's also got resources that do go along with many of her books and videos that go along with those as well. And definitely check those out on jenniferswansonbooks.com. You're starting a podcast as well here in 2020. Um, tell us a little bit about that and, and yeah, how people can find Yeah, this is kind that. of a, a brainstorm of mine, and but something I wanted to do for a long time. So I'm very much in teaching kids to think like a scientist or an engineer. Okay. Because I want them to have critical thinking and problem solving skills. Very important. And I think I think sometimes what we have done in our, you know, not the teachers, but what the curriculum has done is this kind of weeded a little bit of that out because they're, they're teaching kids to teach the, to, you know, to remember things for a test and then brain dump it. I mean, I remember right. I was in school. Mm -hmm. So um, they're seeing as kids get out into college that they're almost afraid to problem solve because they're afraid to be wrong. There we and go. Afraid to be wrong. It's yep. all about being wrong, right? Yeah, it Scientists is. Scientists and engineers, they almost learn more from making mistakes mm -hmm. than they do from doing something right. So this um, podcast that I'm starting is called Solve It. Solve It. That sounds like Solve a... Solve It podcast. And what we're going to do um, is I'm going to interview scientists and engineers and experts, and we're going to talk about a problem they had to solve, mm -hmm. how they solved it, and the problems that they had, you know, you know, that they might have encountered, that they had to move through. And mm -hmm. one of the first guests is an engineer who helped work on a prototype for a flying car. Oh, wow. Right? Yeah. I'm like, I can't wait to talk to this guy. Yeah. I mean, a flying car, that's so cool. Um, but we're going to get a, a bunch of different, um, I'm working on setting up some NASA engineers, people who've worked on rockets. Great. Um, and, I'm working... And and what age group is this going to be uh, focused? Is this for adults or for kids alike? Well, I'm thinking kids and families, but it's probably going to be for kids 10 and up because, mm -hmm. I mean, you're just going to have to have some basic science understanding. Yep. Um, we're going to bring it down as low as we can and talk about it in a kid-friendly way. But Exactly. But, but the, you know, and then what we're going to do is probably allow kids to send in questions afterwards and maybe to pose questions to the um the scientist or the engineer afterwards via email or something we're kind of working it all out but That's awesome um i'm doing this conjunction with judd doherty his uh, we're going to start it on his podcast which is reading with your kids podcast and then hopefully launch it from there 
That's awesome. Um, so, so look for the Solve It podcast in, in 2020 as that comes out. That sounds yeah. like a great, great idea. I can't wait to listen. I think that's going to be a great opportunity. It's definitely something that's needed. I think so. If you follow at all SciComm, like the science mm -hmm. communication hashtag, yep. they're all talking about how scientists need to bring what they're talking about down to kind of the common adult level. All I'm mm -hmm. trying to do is take a step further and get it down to the kid level. Yeah, exactly. Um, because then if they can understand it at that kid level, they can bump up to that next level and just- There like you go. They will be our next scientists and engineers. Exactly. It's making, it's making rocket science not seem like rocket science. So- um, <laughs> So uh, Jennifer, a couple last questions that I kind of like to get a perspective from everyone on. Uh, what, do you, what do you hope as, as STEM education already has kind of morphed and changed over the past number of years? Uh, where do you hope that it's going kind of in the future here? Wow, I mean, I hope that it gets, you know, I understand the need for math and, and English, but I would love to see science get a little more uh, curriculum time, you know, mm -hmm. in the classroom. And I'd like to see focus on STEM and literacy as well as experimentation. You know, I'd, yeah. I'd both in. I, I understand, and, and I'm not like blaming this on the teachers because gosh, you guys have so much to do with your curriculum full. Yeah. But I'm hoping maybe whoever decides, designs that can see that there's a real need for science, especially in this technological society that we have. Definitely, I, I agree, Jennifer. And as we get further along, I really hope that we can make sure that that science portion gets that that equal equal part and it's not just again it's not just something that you go and do the experiments when it's science yes. class time and yes. then, okay now science is over let's get out our english let's get out our reading let's get out our math so exactly so last question i love to ask everybody jennifer if you could sit down and have some dinner dinner party with somebody from stem past or present who would that be Okay, so I probably have to have a dinner party because there's, the list is so long. But um, so the two heroes of my youth, and that's who I dedicated my astronaut aquanaut book to, were Sally Ride, uh -huh. um, because I was in high school when she went up in the space shuttle. Yep. And then Jacques Cousteau. Okay. Um, who I grew up watching his amazing undersea adventures of Jacques Cousteau, and I would also add. Sylvia Earle, who of course oh, is yeah. the first female aquanaut, so I would love to meet her. But so we would have a good dinner party. But I could list people all day. I mean, yeah. oh yeah, I think we, I think we all could. Um, and and I'm trying to imagine, you know, you you definitely wouldn't want to serve like fish at that dinner. <laughs> no. <laughs> but but you probably don't want food in like prepackaged packages, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. They're like you know tang for everybody to drink. So. Um, but, but definitely cool. Um, any other last thoughts, Jennifer? It's been so great chatting with you today. Um, any other last thoughts that you want to share? Oh, I mean, thanks so much for having me. I just like to, you know, leave everybody with, you know, science rocks, yeah. right? Like go out and discover and look and find things. Yeah. Science does not have to be complicated. Um, no. Yep, you can you can get your kid a microscope, and that's awesome to do. But there's so many things that you can get your kids to do that are just like you said, Jennifer, just look around and see like, what there explore, is. Let them explore, be curious, mm -hmm. you know? Let them take things apart. Let them put things back together and, um, yep. Or not. <laughs> or, or, or not, yes, exactly. And again, I definitely want to encourage people to check out jenniferswansonbooks.com uh, to check out some of the great books and resources that you've put out, Jennifer. And then also encourage, again, people to check out steamteambooks.com, which is going to be adding new books all throughout 2020 with great STEM themes from a variety 
of authors, steamteambooks.com. What a great resource, especially to share with your parents in your schools uh, when they're looking for what kind of books could I get? We're going to have a bunch of different authors from Steam Team Books, Steam Team 2020 on podcasts throughout the year. So I'm excited for that. And if you're a regular listener of the STEM Everyday podcast, you're going to get to hear about a lot of great books coming up on future shows. So thanks again, Jennifer. I really appreciate having you on the show today. Thanks for having me, Chris. And uh, remember, you can subscribe on your favorite podcast app to STEM Every Day. Just search for STEM Every Day. If you want to find out more or check out the great archives of 150 plus shows, just head to dailystem.com. And as always, you can find me at dailystem.com or connect with me on social media, Daily STEM. And tune in again next time.